Welcome to Edinburgh for a very special edition of the Cricket Scotland podcast. To celebrate International Women's Day, we'll be hearing from those women at the very heart of cricket in Scotland, both the players on the field and those helping to drive the development of Scottish cricket as a whole. And it's brilliant to be sitting alongside someone who does just that, Women and Girls Participation Manager, Rosie Ryan. Rosie, welcome back to the podcast. I know. Thank you, Jake. Uh, buzzing. I think this might be my uh, new career uh, in a few years' time doing pod. No, maybe not. Maybe not. I'm looking at your face. <laughs> maybe not. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm really excited to have a wee chat today and and just talk more more cricket. Yes. I mean, because the last time we met up, of course, Podwise, can we say that? Podwise? Mm-hmm, Podcast mm-hmm. business uh, was at Broughton High School when we, we met up to talk about the Wee Bash a <laughs> couple of months ago. Um, and there was a Wee Bash session just yesterday. Yeah, um, the Wee Bash was on, I guess, the last time that we did the podcast. There was uh, balls flying everywhere and I was trying to do the bod- podcast whilst dodging um, all sorts of things coming towards me at different points when I had my back to the batter um but it's a bit different now and a bit more of a controlled environment which is great um uh, yeah there was a pair there was, it was on at perth yesterday um so we had we had one new team perth cricket club which was great um so it was at the bell center and um yeah plenty of new teams this year um still again but i mean to even be having teams coming in new we've got one more in april but to still have a new team coming at the very end is just a, an absolute golden ticket for me. So really good. And uh, I understand we had some pretty eminent people taking part yesterday as well. Yes, no, we did. I found out. Uh, <laughs> I found out just as I was leaving. A few of the women were talking to each other, and uh, they were all kind of clustered up in their team. And I, I wasn't. I wasn't listening. But one of them, I heard one of them say about um, BBC's 100 top women, and. Um, I was interested in that, so I asked a little bit more. Who's who's this? And it was actually one of the women on the team had been nominated as BBC's most. Uh, she was in the top 100 as BBC's most influential women um, for her work that she's done with uh, male infertility. So it was oh, it was just awesome. Like those types of people playing in the wee bash, and and sometimes we don't even know uh, the stories behind people, which is just fabulous. That's brilliant, isn't it? Um, well, we'll be talking much more about what you do a little later on as well um, but first we're going to talk about a particularly inspirational group which is of course the Scotland women's squad itself um, Rosie we all see them performing on the field but there's a real hidden side to what they do as well isn't there uh, yeah no completely I think uh, you know uh, we, we all see these women on the pitch competing as athletes but actually we don't realize that um, you know they've all got day jobs um, most of them unless they're a student or at school a lot of them are, are out working from nine till five and, and having to fit their training around that, uh, which just shows the dedication and the love of the sport, um, which is amazing because it just so shows how resilient resilient these athletes are. Um, and, you know, you, know, you even know when, you, when you're going through some struggles and things like that, actually, they're, they're strugg- they, they may be going through struggles, but they're also playing performance sport as well, which is sometimes even a struggle in itself um, on how you're performing and things. So it's just, it's amazing. And it just shows the dedication to, to cricket in Scotland, actually, and to the female game in Scotland, that they can do jobs um, and, and still train every single day. Well, I spent yesterday with the Wildcats as they trained just a few yards from where we're sitting right now to find out just a little more about that day-to-day routine. So I'm joined by Catherine and Sarah Bryce here at MES, halfway through what's been another intense weekend. 
Yeah, it's been pretty full on. Um, up in Dollar yesterday, and then back in Emmy yesterday. And you're both up from Loughborough, where you're where you're studying university. Others have been travelling from all over the country as well. What does that say about the commitment of this group? Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, there's uh, players from all over the country up north. Ailsa uh, travels down, and um, from Glasgow all over the country. Also, Becky's also down south. So it's great that everyone makes the effort to come up to these weekends. You both have plenty of experience of, of training and the high performance environment elsewhere, down at Loughborough, of course, but also with your experience in the Big Bash. Uh, and we've talked about Scotland in relation to that many times before. What do you feel there were those little, those little five percenters that Scotland needs to be able to access that next level in international competition? Um, I think it's just getting as much cricket as possible against these top teams um, as well as the more we can play them, um, the more kind of confidence we get and the more that kind of drives all the S&C um, and training environments and everything like that. So it's just trying to be as professional as possible without being professional. Um, so all the nutrition that we've now got and the support from the inst Institute um, and little things like that um, that really push us at the next big event. So I'm Katie McGill. In the squad, I'm sort of a bowling all-rounder, probably one of the older players now as well. Day-to-day, -day, I'm currently a PhD student, although getting towards the end of that, I'm looking to get a career kit going. Um, so my PhD, it's an engineering background. Um, most of it's spent at a computer, um, modelling head impacts uh, to see what happens in the brain there. So hopefully that'll have some productive outcome. In terms of my commitment, that's like a, it's like any nine-to-five job. It's an office job, but I'm expected to be in the university. I'm lucky that I can have, for special occasions, like a bit of flexibility but it's on me to make up those hours and if I don't it's me that loses out kind of thing um, so in terms of fitting and training most weekends we've got something on in terms of cricket um, so that's yeah that's the weekends gone and it means like a lot of strength and conditioning is done outside my nine to five so either first thing in the morning at half six or sort of straight after work um, so yeah it gets through quite a lot of time and then when I'm not doing that it's just catching up on sleep I guess Samantha Hago, bowling all-rounder, marketing communications executive. It's, it's so different now, but in a good way. We are a lot more professional in how we go about our training. Um, we have regular weekend camps with the full squad that go across the whole weekend, and then Scottish-based only players every other weekend. Um, and yeah, everyone just buys into it. Um, the commitment levels are outstanding. Um, we, we're all accountable to each other now, and everything is for the team um, previously when I was a lot younger you maybe had maybe one session a month and you just kind of came and then you know drove back home and that was it but now we've got our, our two strength sessions a week two conditioning sessions training yet yeah, it is a lot to juggle but it's so good and it's what we need to do if we want to get to where we want to be in the future so yeah it's good it's, it's hard I'm not gonna lie it, but it's a choice you you make. It's not really a case of, I have to do this training, it's I get to do it, you know? So it's just kind of reframing the way you think about it. Um, obviously we're not professional, but we all do it because we love the game and we love playing for Scotland and just hopefully more opportunities will come. I'm I'm a bowler. I like spin bowler in the Wildcats team and I study dentistry at Glasgow Uni. Um, so this weekend has been pretty good actually, um, been pretty intense on Saturday. We did some bowling accuracy testing which was quite helpful to see how well we've progressed during the winter. Um, today we've been doing some T20 scenario stuff which is also really helpful. Um, 
In terms of balancing uni life and cricket, um, it can be difficult. It's one of those things where you just have to make sure you're as organised as possible and try not to procrastinate as much. Um, but when it comes to weekends like this, full weekend camps, it's tough, especially when you get home um, quite late on a Sunday. You don't really feel like you want to do anything. You just want to chill out, relax. But it's one of those things where you have less time to do that. You have less time to relax because of uni work. And I'm sure a lot of people who have work and stuff as well in the squad feel the same way. Um, there's less chill out time, less time to relax. And you just have to make sure that you just do the work really <laughs> you don't really have a choice um, but it's it's it, for me I try, try not to think of it as a sacrifice and more like I have the opportunity to do something big here and have the opportunity to play cricket for my country and that really helps uh, with the mental strain um, and the mental side of things so yeah it's tough but I do love playing cricket and I love going to uni as well and doing dentistry so it has to be done. Ellen Watson, wicketkeeper, batter, a university student at Strathclyde and a pastry chef. Uh, it's a lot to juggle sometimes I think especially with when some people on the team are a bit more I best less fortunate with not having support from the university. I'm quite lucky that at Strathclyde they support they support the cricket and I'm on a programme with them. That means that I get gym sessions with them and support in exam time and things like that to fulfil commitments to Cricket Scotland, which is really handy and really enjoyable. And I'm also quite fortunate that as a pastry chef, I work for my mum, who's the head chef of the section, and she is also very nice. It gives me the time off to come here in the weekends. Um, but yeah, I've, I've gained a lot from going to uni, and it's that hard work ethic of you have to do it yourself, and that sort of translates to cricket in terms of we're not professional, no one's going to say we're paying you money, you have to do it. Um, you do it yourself, you wake up in the morning and you, you run and you gym and you, you go to work or uni, and it's very self driven. And in terms of um, pastry chefing, it's it's a it's a hard job. It's long hours, hard work. Um, but it's if I if you can get through a nine till finish at twelve o'clock at night, then you can you can stand for fifty overs in in the hot sun and, and catch a ball when it comes. So it's just all very translatable, and I can make a good brownie as well. So handy. <laughs> My name is Megan McCall. I'm a bowler, so I go to uni, um, and then I also play football outside of cricket as well. So. I have this programme at uni which is a dual career programme which allows me to help balance cricket and um, studies at the same time so that really helps me throughout a lot of my day-to-day -day life and obviously having the institute as well that helps to balance stuff around it as well. So my life's basically around cricket but studying at the same time. My name is Elsa Lister and I am a batter wicketkeeper in the squad. I'm currently in S4 sitting my Nat 5 exams. Um, I also do hockey and musical theatre out with cricket, so it's quite full on. My weekends mostly just consist of cricket, coming down to Edinburgh, getting the train down um, for training. and But through the week I have to do most of my studying um, and my other enjoyments as well. My name is um, Ikra Farouk, I'm an all-rounder for the Wildcats and I'm doing a Sport and Recreational Management degree. So 
currently balancing everything at the moment and doing fourth year as well is quite a task but I'm, I'm actually coping quite well so with the uni being very lenient in the amount of times and stuff that I can get off for tours etc is very helpful and I'm also a women's development officer at Royal High Christorf and Cricket Club who are trying to grow their women's game massively and the jump from that has been from seven women playing up to 40 coming along to sessions etc so it's quite quite a progressive job and it's, it's going well at the moment so hopefully when I graduate um, I'll see that role and take it a bit further. I'm Laura Grant, uh, I've been playing for the women's team for quite a few years now. Uh, I'm a, well, a bit of an all-rounder at the moment. I balance my life with uni work at Strathclyde and uh, I do a bit of judo as well, which I just started when I went to Strathclyde. For my strength and conditioning, the uni are really good and they've got a programme that helps us make sure we get enough sessions in and then also helps us with travel costs and things like that if we really struggle. Um, as well as giving us a physio um, at times when we really need it. Um, so that's how I sort of balance my life out. Uh, Hannah Rainey, pace bowler, vet student at Edinburgh University. So at uni, on a typical week, we have uh, quite a few lectures and practicals, um, which involves being out of the vet school in Pennycook, um, which you'll know. <laughs> nice I know place. Well. That's my part of the world. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have oh, between... 10 and 15 lectures a week um, and well, about 10 hours of practicals maybe on a busy week and then yeah training on top of that yeah so I also have to study outside with that like we have our lectures that are just content it's quite lecture heavy and then we have to like revise that content in our own time and learn it and um, because we don't have much time between exams and re for revision um, so yeah we have quite a lot of work to fit in <laughs> um, so training wise I think I just fit in where I can. If I know I've got a busy day, sometimes I'll try and get the, to the gym before uni so that by nine o'clock I know that I've done my cricket or my gym stuff. Wednesday evenings we have Eagles training. Um, Friday mornings I train with Performance Academy at Napier, which is great. Um, but that generally means for me missing lectures, so then I have to watch them and catch them up outside of that. My friends will often go to the library at the weekends and catch up on work, and I don't really have that luxury most weekends. Um, so it's just a matter of staying on top of the work. Sometimes it feels like you haven't had a weekend just because you've been like so busy. But like it's fun to play cricket, so it kind of but it makes up for it. Like I really enjoy the training weekends, so it doesn't really feel as much like training because even though you've done seven hours of hard work in a day, it's like what you like doing, and it's like running around and having fun at the same time. So obviously the end of another full-on day today. Uh, seven hours in dollar yesterday, seven hours again today. Um, what have you covered this weekend? Yeah, so we're basically moved into our sort of final phase of the winter program, if you like. Um, so. Um, sort of the move transitioning towards going outside so trying to make it a little bit more game specific so um, you know t20 scenario work work um, actual game this afternoon where we tried to work on some of our kpis um, from a batting perspective and put those into practice in a sort of live game situation um, so yeah that's kind of final phase of the last three weekends that we've got this weekend and then the next two coming up um, some skills work yesterday but more sort of um, game specific today what shines through whenever I'm around this squad and, and seeing the kind of thing you do is the is the commitment of everybody involved. I mean, how would you how would you summarise the work ethic, the culture around the uh, around the Wildcat squad? Well, I mean, it's one of our four key um, behaviours this 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 um, year moving forwards, and it's to be fair, it's been very good throughout um, you know the period where I've been involved. Anyway, um, I mean, the girls obviously um, dedicate a lot of time both to 
training and um, playing, and that and that's both in Scotland, but also you know the long trips down south, which they're very used to. But I think they almost get taken for granted for um, because you know seven hours in a, in a minibus down to wherever it is, um, you know, play a couple of games and then back up the road for another seven hours. The long weekends, um, so. The commitment of the girls has never been in question, and, um, and it's ex- exceptional. Um, and that's the landscape that we operate in. It has to be um, for us to make the most of what we've got. And, and talking about that landscape, I mean, how much of a challenge is it for yourself as a coach for the players themselves um, that you can essentially only come together as a squad at weekends, evenings um, in the in the main? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it is what it is in terms of you know that that's the environment we operate in. And therefore, we have to make the most of of that of that environment. Um, as you say, most of the girls are working full time or in full time education, so it's squeezing every every ounce out of what we've got spare. And obviously, that's fine in itself. But when you're playing against teams now that we are coming across more and more who are full time professionals, it, it makes it more difficult to to gain ground on on those teams. Um, you know, if you look back at the, the global qualifier there in August, September, um, the two teams who go th- who went through Bangladesh and Thailand, um, both have either the whole of their squad or the majority of their squad on full time contracts, and and we are in the very early stages of semi professionalism, so we're, we're a long way behind. Um, that's not to say that we can't we can't beat them. We beat Thailand last last summer, um, you know, in a one off game. But to do it game after game after game after game is is the challenge. So so how how do we overcome that? What's what's needed to get us up to that next level? In in a word, money. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, that's that's obviously very important. You can't deny that because if we're going to contract some of the girls, um, even on a part time basis, it's going to cost money, and it's going to cost more money than. Cricket Scotland have ever invested in the girls in the past, um, so you know it's a little bit um, over to them in a way as to how much they want to invest in in this girls team. Um, you know the men's team transitioned to a full time team um, maybe ten years ago now I think. Um, the girls up until um, a year and a half ago were completely amateur. Um, it's only over the last year and a half that we've. Um, we've started to give them match payments and things like that um, for the international games but we're a long way behind and everyone else is is making big ground um, Nepal's whole squad um, went full time last month uh, they ranked one place below us um, Brazil's women's f- f- uh, squad went full time um, about a month and a half ago so you know they're making significant investments now maybe in some parts of the world it doesn't cost as much for that to happen you know but um, I think as an organisation over the next however long it is, 12 months, we've got to decide do we really want to um, invest in this team um, and if so, there's, there's an opportunity there for us to, to really make some strides because the talent here and the potential is huge. Um, it's just getting together enough, both training and playing wise, um, to be able to fulfil that potential. Wildcats head coach Steve Knox with the final words there. Um, Rosie, two things really shone out for me in those interviews, the extent of what these players do for the shirt and those passionate words from Noxie. Um, The goalposts are shifting rapidly. Bear in mind that Scotland beat Thailand at the World Cup qualifier in the Netherlands in 2018, but look at where Thailand are now. Does some sort of central contract system have to be the next big step for Scottish cricket, do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's quite it's quite obvious the sh- the shift uh, in in you know in 
and just how much they've changed completely and um I think players getting paid you know and on a contract just makes a, a huge amount of difference then it takes the pressures off where where the other pressures are um you know, when, when when I come in from a day from work, the last thing sometimes I want to be doing is going to the gym. But actually, these players have to do that um, because they're they're doing two jobs at the same time. And I just think that as a full-time job needs to be, um, you know, absolutely needs to be a huge, a huge thing because, you know, it's it's so hard to get that, that contact time. Um, you can't train in an afternoon because you're probably working. Uh, you can't train... You know, even mid-afternoon, sometimes maybe even mornings, depending on what some of them are doing in shifts and things like that. So it's just, it needs to be consistent. And, and the only way for it to be consistent and for everyone to, to feel that is with central contracts. Um, and even looking at Thailand now, you can see the, the huge amount of change that's happened there um, and what a difference it has. And then obviously Brazil coming in now uh, with the central contracts. So amazing. It is a wonderful story though, Thailand, isn't it? I mean, they were playing here at the World Cup qualifier just in the summer, and just uh, just a lovely team, a lovely bunch of bunch of girls. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they were really, really good. I mean, it was raining one day, even uh, at, uh, we were at Four for Sure Cricket Club, and it was raining, and I had uh, some nursery kids just came along to watch one of the games, which was just fab. And you know, some of them couldn't even talk; they were so young. And uh, I'd asked, "Oh, could we get a few players over?" Uh, and I think it was Thailand v. Ireland and um, I just wanted maybe one or two players to come and ask the the kind of support staff for Thailand and I look up and about five minutes later I look and I've got the whole squad walking to <laughs> walking <laughs> towards me and and I could not believe it and the kids didn't I mean half of them didn't even know what was going on but they, you know, they just enjoyed themselves. They were throwing balls up in the air, getting them to watch the and the, making noises like woo, and then oh, it was just great, and getting them to, you know, just even like hit the bat and things. And it was just honestly, it was just so good to see because that will be something that those kids will remember that for the rest of their lives, um, and that huge deal that they made that day for those kids. And you know, before they go on to play a match, just the fact that they were playing with nursery kids before it's just in their nature to be so so kind and generous and they obviously know the impact that that has and that's just that's cricket and that's participation at the end of the day and, and inspiring the new generation um to play cricket well it's been wonderful to see them at the world cup and winning so many friends as well and it's something that we know Scotland can do as well you know that the, the talent is there the passion is there the work ethic is there it's just that little that little nudge forward to, to to be in exactly the same position that Thailand are in yeah I think I mean yeah I think once we once we get over the the once we get over the next hurdle um I think we're, we're a lot is going to change in the next in the next few years um and once that happens we will start to see more and more and um with the players that we've got coming through at the moment at grassroots I'm so excited for the for the next 10 years already well as we we're hearing it is a very young squad and I couldn't let the day go by without grabbing a word with one of the youngest, um, a player who exemplifies all of the talent and work ethic that is synonymous with the Wildcats. Um, it's been an incredible first season in international cricket for Catherine Fraser. And I began by asking her for her highlights. Playing for my country this year has been um, really special. And I've learned a lot from it, particular highlights, just 
I think the quadrangular series in the Netherlands. Uh, some really good team performances over there. And taking the scalp of, of Thailand, ending their, their run, their world record run, that must have been a particularly special occasion as well. Yeah, that was a great, great day. Um, I think the team did really well. Um, I picked up a few wickets in that game, so uh, massively a rewarding, rewarding experience. You're 14 years old uh, in S3 in high school uh, just now. What's been the reaction of your, of your friends at school to everything that's happened over the last year? Yeah, um, they've been really supportive of it all. Um, I think um, me going on about cricket all the time has probably um, forced <laughs> them to do that. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're really, uh, really pleased for me to be playing cricket um, at a high level. It's been a real pleasure just watching the development of your career from that first regional game back in 2018. It seems so, it seems so long ago. How do you feel that your game has, has developed since then? Um, I think I've just uh, developed more confidence in my abilities. Um, I'm not bowling quite so uh, slow and loopy as I was, so just getting more energy through the crease. Um, I think just backing, backing myself to get those important wickets and perform under pressure. There have been a number of, of games actually that stick in my mind, but one that really stands out for me was, the, was against the USA, the first match of the World Cup qualifier when the game was reduced to yeah. seven overs because of, uh, because of rain delays. Potentially a banana skin there, no one really knew what the USA had to offer, and you're thrown the ball in the third over. Uh, you finished up bowling two overs and finishing with, with one for eight. Um, you've shown yourself to have the temperament for the big occasion, but have you found that, that being in pressure situations like that tends to bring the best out of you? Yeah, I, I try not to think about the pressure too much. Just, um, just focus on my game, do what I do, do well, um, just try and spin the ball hard um, and, yeah, just do what I do best. <laughs> and what's, what's your ambition? What's the, what's the ultimate aim, do you think? I think f for, a team, uh, for the team as a whole is to qualify for the World Cup. You know, that's what we've wanted for several years now. Um, and I think for me personally, just continue to get better, um, develop my variations, um, plans against the better batters and uh, field changes, um, just get, getting better at the tactical side of things, I think is important for me. Well, Catherine, it's always a pleasure to watch you and always a pleasure to talk to you as well. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks. So a fantastic year for Catherine and Rosie for you as well. Uh, we mentioned the wee bash at the start of the show, but another of your brain children, can we say that? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Which is cricket. Uh, that won the innovation of the year at the ICC Awards last summer. Um, for anyone who doesn't know about this amazing programme, tell us, tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly took off in the past two years uh, since since we first kind of established it. Um, it's just a great initiative. It's it's a combination of uh, cricket and HIT exercise, um, high intensity interval training. Um, that stands for, and it basically is just is just a forty five minute an hour session, and it's just to get as many kind of people engaged in cricket as possible in, in a short space of time so when we think about cricket we think that it can last for days and, and sometimes it can be boring but no we change that we get the music out we make it last 45 minutes you know it's not too long and um, you get your exercises in you do a bit of running around and then sometimes you play a little bit of cricket a, a cricket game at the end so yeah look it comes in all kind of forms uh, cricket and it's been 
fluid with that with the coaches and and the people that are out there on the field inspiring that program are just amazing shout out to susan bruce uh, who's doing that in four for sure at the moment relentlessly um i asked her when what the other a few weeks ago uh, how many weeks has she done it for and i think it was she only had about two we- <laughs> two or three weeks off in the whole year that she didn't run the program for so i mean <laughs> uh, that's just just fabulous and uh, recognition from the icc but the program is now taking off around the world as well you were in ireland just recently i saw from twitter <laughs> yeah so i was working so cricket ireland um invited me over um which was really amazing i got to speak with all their kind of unions and stuff and introduce cricket um and and let them know about it and see where they could maybe uh, you know put that in their programs or put that in their clubs and um everyone was it was so positive and so well received um so they hopefully will be rolling that out in the next year there and i'm going back over in a few weeks time uh i was in dublin before but i'm going to belfast this time so i'm excited to just see how it goes somewhere else and actually you know it's it's just it's an initiative that can be used all over the world it's just um and it's for everyone it's to help everyone and that's the main thing that's fantastic. I mean, having been to a session myself, it's just the most amazing thing to watch. Just everybody engaged in it. It's brilliant. Uh, Nick Wilson, of course, your your predecessor as Women and Girls Participation Manager, she played a huge role in the development of the programme as well. Um, Nick is now Head of Participation at Cricket Scotland, so the two of you are still working very closely together. Um, it's a great relationship that the two of you have tell me about that yeah I mean Nick and I just bounce off of each other uh, all the time she she has got so much knowledge she has got so much enthusiasm and she sees the pathway uh, the women and girls pathway and you know we're very realistic about things but also we we push you know we push it sometimes and we we, we let our minds go crazy at what 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 we could do um and and you know all the things that could get more girls and more women involved with cricket it's just so funny just if we had enough money sometimes but um it's great and she's just she's always been so supportive in any idea that's came up even with the cricket um she's been so supportive in that and it could be very easy again for someone to turn around and say that's going to be too much work or I don't know if that's possible, but you know, I I don't work in a company like that. I work I work for Cricket Scotland, and everyone's so so inclusive and and so supporting. And um, to be in that environment, it it helps you as a person, but you will thrive in that environment. And I think that's why we're doing so great at the moment and taking huge steps. Well, just last week I spoke to Nick as well on on actually a considerably less pleasant day i'm looking out the window now and the sun is shining it was uh, not shining when i spoke to nick uh, last week as i say um but we had a chat about her day-to-day role and also her journey to reach the position that she's in just now so i'm back at mes a slightly windswept mes on a friday afternoon with uh, with nick wilson uh, head of participation for cricket scotland nick welcome uh, welcome back to the pod Thank you, thank you. It's good to be back, and it is quite blustery out there again today. It's, it's it seems to be one storm after another storm so. at the moment with the, the the week that we've had. So tell me, tell me about your role. What uh, what does your role day to day involve? Describe a typical week in the life of of Nick Wilson. Oh, wow. Where to start? Where to start? So, um, you know, one of the things I really like about this role, and, you know, I've not been in it that long, just just eight months um, now. 
one of the things I really like about it is that there are so many different aspects to the role. Um, so whereas my previous role was, was just focused on women and girls and I really, really enjoyed that. This role um, just um, takes me into other areas of cricket in Scotland. So, you know, whether it be uh, governance for clubs, you know, child protection and, and um, uh, equality, diversity and inclusion, that's all part of my remit as well. We have a team of development officers. We deal with clubs, obviously. We have to deal with schools and just um, we're actually just making sure that there is an offer for everyone really in Scotland um, to play or to be involved in cricket whether that's you know as a as a participant um, or an official or a volunteer we just need to make sure um, I think we, we want to be the most diverse and inclusive sport in Scotland so you know that goes across the board and a huge part of that inclusivity of course is is the development of women's cricket um said by many people to be the fastest growing sport in the world um at the moment uh, and a good number of cricket scotland's initiatives are of course geared towards increasing female participation um how important is that for the future of the sport as a whole in scotland yeah, well, it is a huge area of growth, um, you know, and I think everyone can see that Cricket Scotland have have invested um, in women and girls cricket. So um, that started about you know three three and a half years ago um, with you know with a, with a dedicated women and girls participation manager, um, and what we've tried to do over the past year is just to put in place programs to help clubs to attract uh, women and girls. Um, but at the same time, we've been working really closely with the uh, performance pathway team. Um, and the high performance team to make sure that for those girls and women that want to go down the performance uh, path that there are the right opportunities because you know the, the athletic girls and the girls that um, the sporty girls if you like we, we actually need to comp compete with other sports um, you know hockey have really good pathways uh, tennis athletics there's 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 good pathways in place and we just need to make sure that we can compete with that and keep the girls in the sport so it's a bit of a two two-tier approach um, and we certainly don't expect everyone to go into performance cricket um, we're very much um, aware that we cater for young women uh, or maybe mums or young girls to to stick in the participation side of cricket Talking of pathways, um, talking of your own pathway. Oh, <laughs> that's a long time ago. <laughs> no, well, I was I was about to say not so very long ago. Oh, right. You were, of course, an international uh, player yourself. Mm -hmm. um, what was the the journey from from that point to where you are now? Yeah, so you know, I always I, I remember um, as a, as an international player, and, and, and you know the, the internationals these days. Um, you know the girls are on contracts um in in you know places like australia and new zealand and and you know england india um back when i was playing in new zealand we didn't get paid at all um so it was very much um you know combining work with um with cricket with a daily training program um what that meant, though, was that often we worked in cricket, not all of us, but I did. So I did many, many school visits. I was working as a development officer at Canterbury Cricket um, under current Black Caps coach Gary Stead. Um, he was my boss and used to send us out to schools, you know, all day, um, uh, just delivering sessions to, to boys and girls. So having done that for a number of years... Um, after I retired from international cricket and uh, I took some time off, I've got family, I've got children, um, you know, when they, when they 
when they were a little bit older and it was time to think about doing going back to work um I was lucky enough to get get a part-time development officer role in East Lothian where we live so that was perfect perfect for me and it was um I was I was delighted I really really enjoyed it I just still had the passion for you know for grassroots cricket um, so I did that for a good three years um, and then I had the opportunity to to get the women and girls role here at Cricket Scotland um, and I was absolutely delighted to get that role as well so having done that then for another three years um, this this position came up as head of participation and um, oh I thought I put my put my, my, my name in the hat but at the same time, I was really happy in my old role as well. So, you know, it was kind of could have gone either way, and I, I actually would have been happy. But um, but now that I've I got this uh, this role, I'm I'm delighted to just expand a little bit on. You know, I'm still very very much involved with the women and girls side of things. Um, but you know, equally now there's a whole. You know, we've got community engagement, we've got workforce development, and a whole range of uh, you know schools and clubs that we need to deal with as well. I mean, the strands that are encompassed in your role mm-hmm. are, are massive you know from they are. cricket through yeah. all of the other programs that are that are yeah. going on the lord's taverners programs disability cricket so we cover we cover all of that and honestly i've got a fantastic team here um the, the participation team is um about 14 15 strong um and it's just a group of really dedicated people um and really enthusiastic people, and um, and that and that's what we want. You know, we're out there selling the game of cricket um, and getting people to choose cricket or inspiring people to choose cricket in Scotland. So you know, I can't do it without the team. I can't do it without the team. And I've actually got you know, we've got a few managers now uh, in those areas of workforce development because you know, if we want to grow the game, we're going to have to help clubs you know, have with the workforce to deliver that. So whether that be coaches or whether it be volunteers or scorers or umpires, you know, we really need to address that. It's all fine us going into more and more schools and putting more and more programs in place, but without the workforce, um, you know, the clubs just won't be able to cope. So it's a very, very important part of what we do. And a, a huge part of, of all of that, of the the message that's being sent out, the di- is, is the diversity that's within Absolutely. the organisation now. Yep. I mean, with yourself, with with Lizzie Sleet in, in, in media, with Angela Casey on the board, and of course, Sue, Sue Strachan yep. as president-elect. Yep. Um, there's a, an ever-growing number of females who are uh, occupying key roles within Cricket Scotland. What message does that send out, do you think, of, of Cricket Scotland as an organisation? Yes, well, I hope that the message that that sends out is come and work in cricket because it's it's for girls too, you know, and we, it, it's not as if you can't work in cricket because it's mostly a male-dominated sport, not at all. Um, you know, we've got a great group of women and I think it's changed the dynamic of the organisation as well. And, you know, Jake, it would be interesting for you to speak to one of the males in the organisation and ask them if it has changed, you know, how, how maybe we operate or how we think. Um, so, look, we're, we're really excited. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a large group of women working in, in uh, cricket in Scotland. And, you know, anyone out there um, that would like to but maybe doesn't have the confidence to, pick up the phone. <laughs> we'll have a chat and come and join us because uh, there is no reason at all why women shouldn't be working in cricket. None at all. That was Cricket Scotland's Head of Participation, Nick Wilson. Rosie, as Nick and I mentioned, having so many women at the centre of what's going on at Cricket Scotland has to be a really positive thing. Oh, it's great. It's so, so good. And, uh, you know, we've got Sue Strachan uh, coming on as president as well. Um, and just, you know, these these 
people around and the women that are you know all of them are just strong uh, role models um, and people I look up to as well and and you know that inspires other other people to take up the sport and and it also starts up conversations that maybe you've not had before I think and and that's the really important part is sometimes having a you know having a female around is is great because you know sometimes there's we can pipe up and say well have you have you thought about this maybe or <laughs> have we thought about this and it's and it's those types of things and that's why I just think it's great to be having more and more females on boards and stuff like that because you know it makes for such a, a productive environment when it's diverse and and when everyone has got different paths different journeys and different opinions and um it makes for a really good mix, I think. And another with a great story to tell is media and communications executive Lizzie Sleet, who's been in post for just over a year now after relocating to Edinburgh from London, where she was working for, for Surrey County Cricket Club. Um, Rosie, we both see Lizzie a lot in our day-to-day work. She's such a sunny person uh, to be around, full of great ideas as well. Yeah, I mean, Lizzie is just fabulous. She's just so great to be around all the time. She just brings a great energy to the job to the office and things like that um we have a great laugh Lizzie and I with each other I've spent a whole car journey with her up to Elgin on Saturday <laughs> so I think she's sick of the sight of me but um <laughs> but you know actually someone like that around you know I was awake that whole journey because we were, we were just bouncing ideas off each other um I hope so if you were driving were you? Uh, yeah yeah you know I, it was safe don't worry it oh, was, that's good, it that's was good. I had both hands on the wheel um uh, yeah, I was thinking hard, but no, like she's great to have her around, and um, she she's a real asset for cricket Scotland as well. Um, and I, I'm I'm excited to see what what she does uh, over the next uh, year or so with cricket Scotland. Yeah, most definitely. Well, Lizzie is more accustomed to being the interviewer rather than the interviewee, but I turn the tables by putting a microphone in her hand to get a little insight into what is really one of the key roles within the organisation. Being on the other side of this feels bizarre. Anyway, so. A typical week. It depends where we are in the season. Um, if we are in the off season, like right now, it's a lot of planning. Um, we're thinking about the campaigns for the year ahead. So we've just had a meeting about International Women's Day. So we're thinking about how we can create content for that. And we also have a big plan around the road to Hobart. So typical week right now is just thinking about the year that's coming, that's coming up. Um, and who we need to reach out to and what content to create so it's all kind of hands on deck busy and but exciting and then during the season it will either be prepped for a fixture so doing media accreditation or creating graphics for a summer series or um, all those kind of bits and pieces that changes probably month to month Um, but it's always busy always a lot of checklists to-do lists but always very exciting and it kind of goes from social media, graphic design, to PR, everything. So it's always quite different, um, but that keeps me on my toes. So you just touched on it in, in your answer there, but the the world of media, I guess it's it's changed almost unrecognisably in recent years, just in the the sheer variety of content that there is mm. out there and the ways in which in which yeah. people are, are consuming it. Um, where do you think Cricket Scotland is now in in terms of that and what are your I guess your short and long-term goals Mm -hmm. for the future? So when I first started I did tons of research on Cricket Scotland Um, I prepped for like a month straight to get this job and thankfully it paid off and one thing I noticed was that we weren't really connecting with fans enough I didn't think so I looked back historically and I think with 
With Cricket Scotland, we don't have that luxury of what England have, what Australia have, where many different news outlets pick up content for them. You have to create it all in-house. So for me, it was, okay, how can we bring news to our location, so to our website, our Twitter account, Instagram account, because people are going to come to us for information. We can't just expect BBC, STV to pick that up. So for me, it was about how do we connect with our fans on a news basis, on a content basis. So for me, it was about sort of, I guess, bringing more life into what we offer uh, in terms of podcasts, videos, graphics, just making us more personable. And here's who we are, we're Cricket Scotland. And rather than just sort of, sending out basic information about you know here's last week's results or, or here's what's happening it's more how can we bring it more to life and um, one part of that is video and I've seen some crazy stats about how I think it was by 2022 like the percentage of content consumed by video would be like 90% or something ridiculous like that and that's an avenue we didn't really use um so trying to kind of bring that to life a lot more and I started that off in the men's qualifier in Dubai, got myself a camera, microphone, tripod, and started to do more video. And that's just one way out of tons of ways we can connect with our audience more. But that's kind of a big plan for me right now. It's video, it's more digital, um, and we can't rely on other publications creating content for us. We don't have that luxury. We have to do it all ourselves. So that's kind of where the aim and strategy is right now, is just making sure that we are you know, giving fans exactly what they want and what they want to read and see and listen to. Your story from, from school to where you are now is a fascinating mm-hmm. one. You know, we've, we've talked many times. <laughs> um, tell, us, tell us a bit about that, about okay. that journey from, from being schoolgirl Lizzie to okay. media executive Lizzie. <laughs> so <laughs> I left school, um, average GTSEs, nothing special. Absolutely loved learning. Like, I loved school, but I just couldn't get exams and essays right at all I just didn't know how to answer them for the mark so left school um went to college for a year dropped out wasn't for me um I didn't know what I wanted to do so I thought I don't want to waste time at college being unhappy I'd just rather leave and get to work so I worked in finance um and I was a trainee accountant for 18 months um I absolutely loved it actually I love numbers, post-it notes, spreadsheets, stationery. So I thought, okay, an office is like the dream. Um, so I worked in finance. And at that point, I was about 17, 18 years old. And I thought, right, there's more to life than staring at Excel spreadsheets and grey carpets and grey walls. So let's see what else is out there. Um, and I got a job at a digital agency in Ascot as a front of house assistant. So it was just sort of bringing in the post, stocking up the fridge, doing boring printing admin, but in a really creative, cool environment. Everyone used Macs. There was murals painted on the walls. Um, it had really cool, like, smeg fridges and toasters and kettles, and it was just so cool. Um, and I was there for about six months, and again, I thought, okay, what can we try and do here to build up my skills for the future? So the company, they built websites, and they ran campaigns for brands that were going through a rebrand. Um, so I, I would get on board with client social media skills. So one day there was like an email that got sent out saying, um, we have this client who wants some social media campaigns run for them. Everyone can pitch in ideas. And I thought, okay, little old front of house receptionist Lizzie, um, should I pitch some ideas? And I did. And they loved them. And this was for 
I think it was Ronald McDonald House Charities, and they had their most successful week on social media during Father's Day, a campaign that I created for them. So I thought, oh, okay, I think I'm quite good at this. Um, what else should I do now? I've kind of done my finance, done my receptionist work. What else can I do? And at that time, I absolutely loved cricket. And a job came up with Surrey in the foundation team as a cricket development administrator on a six-month maternity cover. And I thought, okay, finance, tick, agency, tick, love cricket, let's work in cricket. And all my job was was to put in like data about coach education courses and um, this kind of stuff. But one area that Surrey was not using was social media for grassroots cricket. So me working in the development team thought, okay, we're missing a massive trick here, having just come from a digital agency. So I started to pitch ideas for how Surrey could sort of you know, change their content to focus more on grassroots cricket and not just about sort of the first team cricket. So um, after the six months was up, I was given a full-time contract at Surrey and uh, my job was to lead all marketing and comms for the foundation. So um, that spanned matched activation, events, everything was really, really cool. Loved it. But again, I thought, okay, I've kind of ticked the box here. What's next? And I was looking for a new job and the Cricket Scotland job came up as me doing comms exec. And I saw the advert and it was the last day to apply. And I thought, oh, you know, I read the job spec and it was like, you need a degree. And I thought, oh, I don't even have really good GCSEs, nothing. And it was like five years experience. I thought, oh, I have about 18 months at Surrey, um, but went for it. And I spent months, actually rather days and weeks, um, sort of researching Cricket Scotland's brand, their colours, their fonts, their values, everything. Um, and put my absolute life and soul into the application got the first interview, um, I created fake social media accounts for the brand to sort of show this is what I would do, um, create fake graphics, everything to kind of show that this, I may not have this experience, but here's what I'm capable of. And uh, yeah, got the job. So that's kind of my story from finance <laughs> to media and comms. But, just, yeah. It's just fascinating, um, you know, how things fall into place, how, yeah. how one thing leads to another, things happen for a reason. Exactly. And with the interview here, you know, I was determined the only person stopping me from getting that job was myself. It was not going to be what the next person can do. It was going to be myself and what I show, what I can show I can do. Um, so I put in every single hour of every day prepping for that. And I was so relieved that it paid off because I was just able to show, you know, I may not have the experience and the qualifications, but here's what I can do. And luckily they, they saw that too. Yeah, so. that's, that's just terrific. And so if there was a... A message or a piece of advice that you would give to to someone, mm -hmm. a young girl perhaps, looking to follow in your footsteps yeah. in, in the media world, what would it be? Yeah, it's weird because I get a lot of messages from people all across the world sort of saying, you know, how do I do what you do and how do I get into that? And it makes you think just how lucky you are to work in a role like this where I kind of fell into it. Um, my advice is just to take any opening you can get within any sport. You know, if you love cricket but can't find a job, what's rugby got, what has football got, hockey, anything, just get your foot in the door, um, because I think it is quite a tough industry to crack, um, and especially when you get to this level where, you know, it's only really one person per country doing it, so for me, it's just me in Scotland, um, so opportunities are, are very rare, so it's just get a foot in the door somewhere, and like me, you know, I took a six months admin job at Surrey. It doesn't have to be in the role you want it to be in. If you want to work in marketing and comms and media, but there's an opening in maybe you don't, you know, 
finance or admin just just take the role and see how you can learn from the marketing team from the comms team and just you know get in there and show your enthusiasm show your passion for the role and um hopefully you will kind of climb the ladder like i've done but definitely just get in where you can and you know if you are someone that wants to work in comms and media um or whatever it may be and you're not working in that right now it's what can you do whilst being at your current job that will then show a future employer this is what I can do so for me it was to learn photoshop when I applied to this role different things like that you know I wasn't necessarily doing media management but I researched it so it could be that you're working as a waitress or in the whatever it is um but try and learn outside of that the skills you'll need to break into that role that you really want so you know whatever people want in life just just work for it and it'll come to you that's paid off massively Lizzie thank thanks ever so much you're welcome thank you Lizzie Sleet there on what is a fundamental part of engaging new audiences for cricket. And that's it for this special International Women's Day edition of the Cricket Scotland podcast. Thanks to all our guests and Rosie, very special thanks to you. Oh, thanks, Jake. Um, uh, look, I really enjoyed it today. Uh, we always say this, that we need to do this more. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I feel like we're a good team together. Whether the listeners, whether you're thinking that, I'm not sure just right yeah. now. Hopefully, hopefully. But, um, like, I've really enjoyed it. I think, you know, we're doing so much at Cricket Scotland for women and girls. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, what age you are, what ability you are, you can get involved. Um, and I think just trying to empower more females to play cricket is the main thing. There are clubs all over. Um and if you're ever interested in getting involved and don't know where to come, then find my email address on the Cricket Scotland website and um, and we can have a chat and find you somewhere that will be amazing for you. Oh, amen to all of that. Well, we're sitting here about five o'clock on a on a Monday afternoon, but your day is far from done, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, like I've got I've got a meeting in the next uh, in the next hour. I'll probably get home about half ten tonight but you know like look it's all for it's all for a good cause i love it and um i don't mind driving so that's that's a good thing that's so. a very good thing <laughs> yeah. well, i'm safe i'm safe as well when i drive <laughs> <laughs> well on behalf of everyone uh you know keep doing what you're doing it's absolutely inspirational what you do rosie thank you and one final thing is to say thanks to you for listening once again until the next time from me jake perry goodbye <laughs>